Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Hi, guys. We're back. And I'm really excited about the show today because this comes from my personal experience that just happened, and it was so interesting and really important for all of us. So I'm really excited about letting you guys in on it and doing a healing on it. Uh, It's the needing to validate yourself to others and needing to prove yourself, needing to be right, needing to be something for someone else because that's what they expect perhaps or maybe that's what they assume perhaps it doesn't matter and I'll get into it in a bit but I just want to say again welcome to the show I'm very excited so many things are going on in my life and I'm hopefully in yours and this this year feels like a, a great year for a lot of unfolding and a lot of moving forward In any case, I want to give you the number, if anybody would like to call in, it's 646-668-8565, that's 646-668-8565. I do not have an individual healing next week, I do have one this week, but I do have one for next week, should be really great for all of us, and the, but if you want to call in, feel free to call in, um, with a question even, a comment, feedback, uh, uh, maybe even want to argue with me. I don't know. But I want you to feel free to call in. I will take the calls. I may have to finish a thought or a sentence or a paragraph or something kind of thing before I pick up the phone. But I will always get to each and every caller. You can also email me at Janet at JanetRichmond.com. That's Janet at JanetRichmond.com. And I welcome all of you. Okay, so today, I don't know what it was that I called it on the the flyer that went out about the show, but this is the same topic as as it was on that flyer, so I don't want anyone to think, because I think we might have had a different, because my assistant did it, and I, I know she ran by me what she wanted to put for it, and I agreed. I said, that's fine. But I don't know what the phrase was anymore. So in any case, it's the, the need to validate yourself to others. Now, let me explain how I came to this. On Sunday, my son came over, and we were together for several hours. Uh, he's only recently, and I would say in the last couple of years, become interested in what I do. He has always been supportive but like anybody, he had his own, he's very spiritual, and he has his, he had his own ideas, his own roads, his own discovery process, his own seeking and searching process. And he was always very supportive of me, you know, because I was in this field. But he, you know, I, I think kids, when they are certain age, you think, oh, well, that's just my mom, what she does, what she says can't be all that great, you know, because it's my mom. I don't know that he ever thought that, but he might have. And in any case, I didn't ever push him. I never pushed myself on him. But a couple of years ago, I did suggest 
maybe it was a year and a half, I don't remember. But he was becoming more open to my work, and I suggested that I do a healing on him because he was going through some tough times with a couple things. And so I did. And you know you know how I work, guys. I just start talking, and I don't stop. My eyes are shut. And I open my eyes, and tears are running down his face. He wasn't sobbing out loud. I didn't know he was crying, but it had a profound effect on him, which really made a significant shift on his approach to my work. And he, the last couple three mo- couple months, I guess, he's really wanted to know more about what I do. So we kept setting up times to get together, and we've both been pretty busy. So it didn't happen until this last Sunday. And he sits there and for like an hour plus on telling him about this journey that I've been on since Joan Culpepper died in 2006. I sold my bookkeeping, accounting, pay, you know, tax business, uh, business management business in 2009. And I was writing my first book at the same time for those three years. It was going really slow going and at some point made the decision I need to sell the business and move into this full time, which I did in 2009. And so anyway, I was telling him how everything unfolded so that he could get the idea of this. It's kind of this enormous thing because I wear a lot of hats and I do a lot of stuff and a lot of it wasn't automatic for me and the learning curve was was long. When I went into the accounting business, I had an MBA uh, from UCLA. It was one of the top five in my class and I numbers are like, boop, 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 you know, just easy for me. So, and I'd had some experience with, minor experience with bookkeeping and had some accounting from business school. So I went into it and there was a learning curve for sure, having my own business. But I I would say it took one or two years and then I was off and running. And it was just very different. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into and just how much of a learning curve I would have. I'd never written a book before, never been talked on the radio before, <laughs> never did group meetings before, you know, never did workshops, never, never, ever, ever uh, did private sessions for money, um, that kind of thing. I just, it, the, the, there were so many elements to what I do that needed development and needed experience and needed growth and in many different arenas. So I wanted to explain to him, and he wanted me to explain the whole journey from the beginning, and I did. And he was really excited for me very, and, and thought, oh, my gosh, um, I think I can help you. And so we were talking about different priorities and how to prioritize this, that, and the other. And at one point, I said to him completely innocently that I wanted to hire somebody else. I already have an assistant. She She doesn't work a lot for me. It's about... 15 hours a week, but I wanted to hire someone else whose job would simply be to take the Jane and Company material that I have. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about Jane and Company, but I feel like I've dropped that name occasionally. It's it's a long story, but it's going to be my next book. And Joan had run this this group for two or three years related to Jane and company and I have all the tapes and well I don't have all the tapes but I have most of the tapes 
and they needed to they need to be transcribed, they need to be cataloged, indexed, and <clears throat> organized in a certain way. And my old assistant Kathy had started it, but she only got partially through it. She's she's very organized and has the mind for detail and is really good at all that cataloging and all of that. Well, my new assistant is the the creative type. She is incredibly creative, incredibly fast at learning and taking on new things. And she's helped me, and she's she's perfect person in perfect place. But she has other things going on in her life, and so adding more hours, she probably could do the Jane and Company stuff fine. But adding more hours to her her already busy week because she she's a singer and a songwriter and an actress and she she's just she's young so she's just developing all of that but it really would impinge upon what she wants to do for herself so I mentioned to my son it would be nice to hire somebody separate who could work either three you know five or eight weeks 40 hours a week in like a big project or in addition to what they're ever they're already doing work in a ten, uh, an additional 10 hours a week so that I can get the Jane and Company material on the computer because when it's on the cassette tapes which is they they are I know it seems really old fashioned and it goes back a lot of years but when they're on the cassette tapes guess what they're really unusable in in this day and age they need to be transcribed they need to be cataloged and indexed and uh, summarized each tape which needs a synopsis of sorts. So I know when I'm when I'm going to be talking in the book, I need to know exactly what's going on with something at some point, and I can go in and read the synopsis instead of what, reading having to read all of the material. So I mentioned it to Alex and said, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, but soon I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to hire someone and blah 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 blah. And he goes, Oh, mom, no, no, you can't, you can't. You haven't even finished this book. You have you have so much because we had just been talking about all that I have to do. And his immediate reaction was for me to put on the brakes and that it would pull my focus from what I'm doing and would delay me. And he had all these very logical, practical reasons why it was important not to do it. Well, what I did was I went into a long explanation as to why it won't distract me. It's the right timing you know, why it's important to start now, not to wait, and yada, yada, yada. And then at some point, as I'm explaining all this, he says, Mom, why are you so stressed? And I'm like, what? He took me by surprise, but he was absolutely right. And I had moved into a place of stress. Now, luckily, it's my son. He loves me, and he's very uh, self-aware and also very uh, supportive kind of person. And he he was like the perfect person for me to talk to about what this stress was that came up. So what I did was I looked at what had been triggered in me because something had been triggered to raise my level of stress. And, you know, I've long since gotten point past the point where I looked to someone else to blame but that would have been where I would have been years ago. And it's so common. It's part of the new, you know, we all have that. But I've been doing this work for a long time, guys, so I didn't blame him. Uh, I went to look at myself. Okay, where's the stress coming from? Because he's not forcing me to be stressed. Nobody forces us to feel anything. 
But what had happened was there was something that I was carrying that he triggered by his comment and by his viewpoint that it would be the wrong timing. So he triggered something in me, and I knew it. I'm like, okay, what's going on? And so that's what I did. I went inward to find out what was going on. And it's important, as I was saying, that it's important to do that whenever we feel and have an emotional reaction. It's important if we're angry or frustrated or upset or whatever, nervous, because that's what we are carrying. That is our emotional blueprints. Those are our triggers that get triggered off when something happens, whether it's related to a person or an experience or an event, uh, an idea, a television program, whatever it is, can trigger things in us. And if it's just, if it's uncomfortable, we're carrying something underneath that we don't need to keep. We can neutralize it. So, of course, that's my focus. I want to go in and neutralize it. Now, sometimes when I look, when something like that happens, I look and I discover it's something I've worked on before, but I realize if I'm still having a reaction, there's still some deeper layers I need to get to. Sometimes it's something I've worked on before, but hardly ever. So I'm like, okay, well, of course I haven't gotten to the deep layers. And once in a while, it's something I've never looked at. And that's always a shockeroony. Trust me, it's always a shock because I've been doing this work for so long. And I have shared with some of you the things that have come up for me that are complete shock. And one of them was the fear of God. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it on the show. Anyway, it is in my second book. So if I didn't mention it, you'll learn about it then. But anyway, it doesn't really matter if I've worked on it before or not. If it's new or not, it just matters that it's there and it's, activated, the trigger has activated the stress to come to the surface. And I mean, who wants to have stress? Even though it wasn't huge stress, it was relatively minor, but because my son is sensitive, he picked it up, and of course he was right. So I went in and I looked at it, and I saw, and I discussed it with my son in the moment, I saw that I felt put on the spot that I needed to validate my ideas, my choices to him, to prove to him in some way that my opinion, my vision, my ideas, my whatever was okay, and that I had to convince him that I was right. Okay, I'm sure all of you can relate to this on some level, because this is common. This is common. That's why I wanted to do this on the show, Well, it came up for me, but guess what? Not for him. He was reacting to the sense of overwhelm that he had felt when I told him all the things that I do, all the things that I'm trying to still accomplish and to move forward on. And, you know, all the hats and all the, the areas and elements of my career, so to speak, my, um, my heart, because it all comes from my heart, he was like overwhelmed. So he was reacting from his own sense of overwhelm and not wanting me to add one more thing onto my plate. He was coming from a place of caring and wanting to help me and help give me perspective. He wasn't coming from the place of, well, prove to me, Mom, why you think this is important. (laughs) He wasn't at all. 
But it still had that effect on me because it was triggering stuff in me. So, now, okay, why do we all have something like this? We've all had this type of experience in our lives, and it would help all of us to neutralize. Why? Because one, let me explain, one. In fact, we don't need to validate ourselves, our opinions, our ideas to anyone. In theory, we are pure and perfect and valid just by being, okay, in theory. We, We may not have reached that yet, but that is the number one reason why this we don't need to validate and prove ourselves to be valid or prove ourselves right or convince anybody else if we are standing in solid connection to who who we are and caring about ourselves loving ourselves value having value ourselves we don't need to do that for anyone else that's what we would live out of that's my goal for me and for everyone that I try to help okay two When we bring our focus to the external voices that are judging us or that we think are judging us, like in the case of my son, and then we try to please them, we're pulling our focus away from ourselves, away from who we are, and away from finding our own way with things. And even if we make mistakes or we zig, when we think maybe in hindsight we should have zagged, in fact, we're still on our road. We're still on doing it our way, on our pathway. And making mistakes is part of the game. Uh, Again, they aren't really mistakes. They're our interpretation of what happened, but we learn from it and we move forward. So three, and this is sort of the corollary to two, we're all on our own roads to Rome, guys. And if we're trying to take the roads that other people tell us to take and we're jumping around trying to please others, we get either pulled off our own path or greatly slowed down from our path because we aren't the others. We aren't other people. We are ourselves and we have our own path, okay? Now, it doesn't mean that we can't listen to what others say and learn from them or get valuable input, but it's important not to get stuck in the place where either what others say is more valuable than what we think, and so we drop or let go or repress what we think and follow what others think, but it's also not right to get stuck in the place where we never listen to what others think and we close the doors to possible possibilities and opportunities to learn and grow because where do we get new ideas often? From books, TV shows, other people, classes. We get information from other places so we don't want to say, oh, I know it all. So I'm not going to take that class. I'm not going to read that book. I'm not going to listen to what that person has to say. The important part is to stand in the center and follow your own guidance so you can listen to others and then take from others, other sources, what feels right to you. But you also do not need to be to move over to the point where 
you are doing everything that somebody else says and get stuck over there. So it is important, guys, that we follow our own road. Now, it's hard when we have triggers, like what uh, triggers like Alex was for me. Uh, not when we, it's hard when we have triggers. It's hard when we have these blueprints because there are triggers out there everywhere. So that's why I really pay attention, and I encourage all of you to pay attention when you get triggered. It isn't about what triggered you, being bad, wrong. They may be, it may be somebody has triggered you that really is uh, a manipulative, mean son of a bitch. Excuse my phrasing. It really can mean that. But that doesn't mean it's their fault. Because no matter who that person is, no matter how terrible that person, quote-unquote, terrible might be or might treat you, you're the one with the triggers. And you wouldn't even bring in that, you wouldn't bring in that treatment if you didn't have the trigger in there, if you didn't have the, the blueprint in there that was drawing it in in the first place. So it's the opportunity, guys, when something happens not to blame, but to actually say, okay, what am I carrying that created this situation? And then go and neutralize it. Now, the fourth point that I really want to make is, now in this case, my son did had no intention, did not mean that I had to prove it to him, not, did not mean that he was judging me. He was coming from a different place. I misinterpreted it. But what happens if there really are times, which there are, where you do have to prove yourself, okay? You're at work on a project, and your boss, your supervisor, whatever, comes in and says, okay, show me. Show me what you've done. I see you on the phone all the time. Are you really working in here, for example? <laughs> so you do have to show him, prove to him in some way, validate yourself that you are a hard worker, you've been working on the project, and the phone calls were related to the project, and yada, yada, yada. So those times actually happen, and those times can be stressful all on their own. But who wants to add the underlying stress that we carry at the soul level who wants to add to that, to the already stressful situation when you're sitting at work and that kind of thing happens? So neutralizing is important to get to, to minimize, to reduce, to clear away the whole underpinning, the well of the stress, so to speak. Because not only is that well affecting the behavior you get from other people, who you bring in, but also when that person comes in, it completely intensifies the stress that would already be, you know, something that would happen in a situation like that. It would intensify it. So we want to get to the neutral, we want to neutralize, we want to clear and dissolve as much of this whole arena of proving yourself as much as we can. Now, it's really important to realize, and I've talked to you guys about this a lot, that, that everything we experience in each life gets folded into the soul. So the mind of this life 
gets, when we lay aside the body, gets folded into the soul, which is the conglomerate of all the lives of the past that carry eons of lifetimes worth of beliefs and thoughts and worries and fears and emotional blueprints and uh, habits and self-identities. And it's all very complex. And what I'm addressing today is one piece, one piece of that complexity that we want to go in and we want to neutralize the this piece that we're coming up with because this piece is going to raise its ugly head no matter what. You might have a, a significant other. You might have a friend. You might have um, any kind of situation or condition in your life where people are putting you on the spot and suddenly you have to convince them of something. You have to prove yourself to them. You have to take the side, well, I'm right, because they're about to wipe you off the map for whatever reason. And trust me, in the past, in our past lives, some of these times where we had to be right, where we had to validate ourselves, come from lives where if we didn't, we could it could have been life and death situation. Uh, we had to prove that we weren't betraying anyone. We had to prove that we were loyal. We had to prove whatever. And if we didn't, if we couldn't validate ourselves, if we couldn't cover our butt, so to speak, we we could be imprisoned or beheaded or whatever. We've all had that. So trust me, underneath all of this, I mean, this was something simple with my son. But because I do this kind of work, I I see the bigger picture almost immediately. Oh, my gosh. Think of all those lives that I had to prove myself, and we all have, that all of that stress, all of that fear, all of that uh, determination and um, focus to please or make right for someone else what I'm doing whatever they expect, and sometimes you don't even know what they expect. For example, that boss that walks in and wants to see what you've done on that project. Well, guess what? You don't know what he expects. If you have a project with five separate parts, he might come in expecting you've only, you must have gotten through half of the first part. Or he might come in expecting you should have three parts done. You don't know because often they don't say what they're expecting. And so you can come up short. You can impress by coming up bigger than his expectation, but you don't know. And so what do we do? We get going and we are running in place trying to do all we can to validate ourselves and and meet the expectations of others. And so this is a a big topic and it comes into play in and it's it's a it's not a big topic but it comes into our play comes into play a lot with our lifetimes in our life and has in the past and so that's why I thought it would be so great to do this for all of you so okay now at this point I'm going to start with a healing I don't know where it's going to take the higher self they're going to take us although just as the show is about to start, I got a whole nother topic related to this. And it's so fascinating, I wouldn't have put two and two together. 
but I'm going to do another show on it. Maybe not next week because I have already a healing and it's going to be about vision and um, it's it's going to be really good, guys. But I might do it the following week. And here's this other topic. What about needing to validate ourselves to God? Yeah, think about it. Because many, 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 over eons of time, uh, the religious communities and the metaphysical, spiritual, many communities related to any kind of spirituality have, quote-unquote, rules or shoulds and shouldn'ts or uh, definitions of how you have to be in order to be spiritual and good. And so in those of us who are spiritual, who do have the intent, we want to be the best people we can be, if whether we're in, involved in a religious field in this life or not, we have in other lives and we've taken on what it is we need to do to validate ourselves to God or to the originating source or whatever, the universal source or source or whatever you might call that, that divine uh, energy field. It is a very interesting topic and it is related to this because we all have that too where we're trying to squeeze in to somebody else's um, it's really defined by people because it's people who define the the will of God or, or what God uh, wants us they are usually well intentioned and wants, want us to um, want to give the information to all the to their followers or their initiates or whatever it is so that they can help them. So there's usually, it's usually well-intentioned. But unfortunately, you know, every single sect, every single philosophy, every single direction has their own definition of what we need to do to validate ourselves to God or the originating source or the divine energy. In fact... You probably know this. If you've heard any of my shows, there is no reason to validate us. We carry the pure soul essence, and we're as pure and perfect as any soul. And because we're all equal from the lowliest grain of sand to the highest, most evolved being, and so there is no need to validate. We already are part of all there is. So there isn't that need to validate at all who we are or prove to God or to the originating source or to source or to the divine energy that we are worthy. We are worthy simply by being in existence. So that was a whole nother topic and um, there's much more to be talked about it and I might do it in two shows, but I can't promise because things come up and I do address some of this in my book as well. So I'm just not sure yet, but I thought that was so interesting as I'm literally walking upstairs to come to my computer. I'm going, okay, this is connected to this other issue. And so anyway, um, I hope you guys are getting comfortable finding a place to sit or lie or, or even stand leaning back on a wall in order to take part in the healing because I want to, I'm going to do a conglomerate healing on everyone. I'm going to set it up probably like it normally is, whether we're on the wheel, the wagon wheel. And the we're just going to see where the higher self takes us because there's going to be stuff under there that we aren't thinking about, 
stuff we do know about they will help us with and then they will expand it for sure into some areas where we had never thought about. So, okay, maybe this whole thing about needing to validate to the divine energy might be one of those. Maybe they were giving me a preview of coming attractions. I'm not sure. I was thinking, oh, it's an interesting corollary to this. But in any case, let's get started. And I want everyone to relax, take a deep breath, make yourself comfortable, and just focus on my voice for this moment to bring that wandering mind into the now moment, to help us focus, to bring that conscious focus of attention into, to activate it. And if you find yourself losing it at any point in time and something draws your attention away and you realize, don't worry, just bring it back in. Uh, You know me, I never stop talking. So you can just keep bringing your focus back in. And as I am saying all of this, I'm watching where all now the past, present, and future listeners are standing on this huge wagon wheel. It's getting bigger and bigger every time, um, which is exciting. Um, the we're all standing on it, and I'm watching the now moments pop, popping up really quickly. Another technique, there's a few that haven't popped up, so I'm going to introduce this next technique for those of you who are maybe new uh, and need a reminder that you can also just use your mind to focus on your physical body. Notice where your arms and legs are, your hands and feet, the position they're in, the contact they're making. Do your Are their arms resting on your legs? Uh, how does your body contact the chair, the bed, or the wall, the floor? And that way you can bring that focus of attention in. It gets easier and easier, guys, as you do it more and more. And it's like anything. It takes some practice. We don't can't be expected to be perfect out of the gate. Nobody expects anything like that. It, it'll take the time. It, uh, as you do it, you will get better and better at it. And I'm now seeing the rest of the now moments popping up. So that's my indication that we can continue now to move the energy field of the now moment out to expand it, to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're all doing it. It's all starting. I see it. And the expansion, you see, is going to then be encompass the totality of the past now moments, this now moment, and the future now moments. And it expands because it's going to be containing the now moments from the time we were born into existence as their first expression of the originating source as minerals. And it continues to encompass the totality of the mineral, our mineral lives, our plant lives, our animal lives, all of our human lives, and beyond. And it is just expanding to this incredibly huge spatial continuum uh, that I call the eternal now moment because it includes the nows of the totality of who we are and who we are as a conglomerate group. So this moment is even bigger than it would be if it were just one of us in it because we've all spanned, we've all had different amounts of lives, different eons of time. We have all expressed in so many different ways, and there are other aspects of the totality of our soul process that I have not yet introduced on the show. And so that also is another element of difference between each and every soul. We're all snowflakes. 
so by including the totality of all the past, present, and future listeners within this forever now moment, it is a huge spatial arc or spatial space uh, arcing through the universe, known and unknown. It also encompasses a huge amount of time and place. The time is the time that we've spent, the eons of time, and the place or the space, and I kind of confused the two there for a second, the space is all the planets we've been on, all the places within the universe, known and unknown, that we have existed on. The the mineral and plants stay on the planet that gives birth to them. But once we evolve to animals and, hum- and into the human kingdom beyond, we move and incarnate on many different planets. So we've been all over the universe, guys, in many ways, more ways than you can imagine. So the time-space continuum, then, is quite large. Now I'm going to ask that we all focus on the pure soul essence that we are. This pure soul essence is all that originating source was, is, and is becoming It is our eternal sunshine, so to speak. It is what we carry in body or out for the totality of our existence and will always carry it forever. There is no end game. There is no final final anything. Evolutionary process continues infinitely and never ends. And so we have this pure soul essence light, this eternal sunlight, this divine light that we've carried. We now are aware that we have. We've had many lives where we've never been aware of it. We're now aware of it, and I'm having all of you focus on it and beam that sun in and around the totality of the the time-space continuum, the totality of the forever now moment, connecting with and amalgamating and merging with all that you are at that conglomerate soul process, including the past, present, and future nows. And I'm watching and seeing the brilliance of the sun filling this forever now moment. It is a beautiful, you may not be able to feel it, and that's okay. It took me years to really feel a lot of what I feel now. So, But it still is happening as long as we use that focus of attention. It's still happening. Now, it's interesting, but I'm already coming up with Issues at the heart level, there are people that are going through some emotional issues right now, and I'm just going to ask the higher selves to allow me to get through the amalgamation and bring it to my attention when I get to the healing itself. Um, I think that this amalgamation process for some can be, from time to time, very intense, especially if we're going through tough times in our life currently. The sometimes just becoming one with that energy can be overwhelming and release, help us release emotional issues. And that's what I'm feeling going on here. And that's great. Go ahead and release. If you feel to cry, if you feel to scream, if you feel to uh, whatever, pound the table, go ahead. So the, the, the next part of the amalgamation is to become one with the totality of the conglomerate higher selves. That's the conglomerate higher self. That's the higher selves from each and every one of us that are part of this group. It's also um, 
any higher selves that wish to join us from any other realm or direction. And I do feel other higher selves coming in. It feels just huge, tremendously huge. And I want to just remind everyone we have the seat of the higher selves within. The, the higher selves are the parts of ourselves that have evolved into higher frequency levels. They've moved into the divine will frequency level. And the amalgamation includes them because we have to invite in and ask to participate the originating source that is part of the divine level, the pure soul essence is part of the divine level, and the higher self. So this is an important part, but it is you, and there should be, or hopefully will be in time, a comfort level, a connected feeling that you will move into more and more as you do more of the amalgamation and utilize that inner powerhouse that you carry as the the higher self um, and everybody will do it in their own way and lastly I'm going to ask to be that have the entire forever now moment to be completely engulfed to be completely surrounded and brought into the womb of the originating source the womb carrying that incredibly powerful creative life force energy that is going to help accelerate the healing. It works most intensely on the emergence and the empowerment and the uh, becoming and the expressing of all that we are simultaneously with the energies that are doing the dissolving and the neutralizing and the clearing away of all that we carry, all that baggage, all that all those emotional blueprints, all those things that get triggered in our everyday lives uh, from from time to time or all the time. It just depends. So the this energy is working simultaneously. It works throughout the totality of the soul process, not just on one life or one event or one experience or one anything. It works on the totality of the pattern, and we are going to they are going to be working on all of us, I know it's hard to believe, but they can do just that. And what I'm seeing now is that hub in the center of the wheel. There is uh, was activated. We, it's already been activated, but I will speak it out loud. The the rainbow bridge energy is activated, which connects all of our chakras to the originating source, bringing the chakras up into a very high state of being, bringing them up into the their most efficient place uh, that we can reach at this moment in time. And this is important because those chakras are energy exchange points. Energies come in and energies move out through the chakras, and so we want them to be as efficient as possible. If we're releasing stuff out of the chakras, yeah, we want to release as much as we can, as fast as we can. Or if we're bringing energy in, we don't want it to be clogged and can't get in or trickles in. So that's that's why we use this rainbow bridge energy. We want those energy exchange points to be absolutely as best as we can make them. And each time we do this work, they will be able to move into higher frequency levels because the more we neutralize, the more the higher our frequency moves up, the less we have blocking, the less garbage, the less baggage, the less whatever you want to call that we all have. Okay, so the rainbow bridge is also creating the, the bridges from each of us as spokes moving to the hub. And what I'm seeing on the hub is a conglomerate figure, and it is sort of funny. 
it looks to me, it does feel male in nature, but it's really not. It's really more androgynous in nature, but it's really big. You know, it's um, not a normal male form or human form. It's big. It's it's as if the legs are tree trunks and the center of it is, is big, like a big, huge tree trunk. And then the arms, it's like a babe. Is it... Um, I forget the anyway, it's like, you know, some sort of giant, but really thick, 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 thick. And it's it's a caricature. It's not real, of course. It is a symbol. But it is uh, bringing in this feeling to me, because it looks so much like tree trunks, that this pattern is almost, it's grown so big within all of us that in some ways we don't even notice it. It's become... So much a part of our lives where we have to prove to our parents, our siblings, our our friends, our loved ones, our kids, our whoever, it's 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 an automatic pilot. And what that what this is feeling to me like is this is one of those solidified truths that a solidified truth is something that is so automatic, so normal, that we don't question it. It's just there. It's part of who we are. And of course, it's, well, of course we're like this because don't, this is just the way of it, you know? So we don't look at it. We don't, we don't think that it's something we can change because it's so normal. It's so who we are. And so what I, what I'm getting from this symbol is that all of us are carrying this kind of solidified truth that it's a norm in life where we have to validate ourselves to others that the external voices are really more important than our own that our value is it, it, we have to prove our value to someone else or maybe we don't have value so there's a lot of insecurity here so I'm just going to start and I'm, every time I talk about what I'm seeing, sensing, feeling, I want everyone to please begin to either release it into the light. You can do either releasing into the light or you can bring the light in with those kind of, you know, those uh, smart bombs that have those laser aiming, those laser things that just find the, the target and never lose it. The, the laser locks into the target and you can see the light as those kind of smart bombs that are going to come in and find all of the parts that I'm going to name. And you can do both. And you can do something else. Whatever you want. You can do whatever you want in utilizing the light. Because that light is there for, for everyone to use. And not everyone is going to resonate with one technique or another. And trust me, there are a hundred different techniques and a thousand different techniques and 10,000, depending on how many people are involved in it. I just talk about some common ones, but you are able to do whatever you want. So right now we're going to start to tackle the insecurity, okay? The insecurity of who we are, not not fully versed or solid in who we are. And external validation is something that uh, defines us. The external voices define us often, often. And so I want everyone to start to release that element of it because that element is what propels us in a way, habitually propels us to listen to others as 
defines who we are. And if we can validate ourselves to others, if we can prove ourselves to others, then wow, that means we are valid, that we are, we have value, we are worth something. And so I want everyone to please start to let go of this insecurity and this need to prove to others, this this whole idea that it's who we are is determined by others. And and also the idea that this can't be changed, that somehow finding and validating the self is almost kind of a intellectually we might know it's important, we might know it's possible, but underneath and a lot of these lives we've had, there's none of that. We don't we more often and much much of the time feel like we are worthless that we don't have value. And so we feel good about ourselves once we see value in other people's eyes. This is sort of the way of the world, at least is how it's been. And part of the journey for all of us has been to come to the realization that it isn't about the external validation, that it is about validating ourselves. So I want all of that insecurity, all that worthlessness, all that sense that we really don't have value, you know, maybe if we just do more than anyone else, maybe if we just um, uh, sacrifice ourselves, maybe if we just whatever, that somebody will see us, appreciate us, accept us, and value us. So all of that those beliefs that we have to do something in order to create value for others, to meet their expectations, their rules, their shoulds, their shouldn'ts. I want all of those. And, oh, my gosh, what I'm seeing in the symbol, it's as if the stomach area on the symbol has opened up just a huge, like, whirling kind of, you know, symbolic chakra of this symbol and out is just pouring all of these belief systems that have held us to this pattern, this looking externally, um, getting validated externally, defining ourselves from the external. Oh, my gosh, it's just pouring out, and it's powerful, guys. It's powerful, and I want the to, to help this outpouring. I would like all of us... Uh, I'm seeing it in the hub, but I want you also, all of you, to see it under your own personal feet. I'm sending in divine material balance, divine understanding, divine validation, divine worth, divine love. And I'm I'm seeing it fill the symbol, and I want each of you to have it fill yourselves Fill the symbol so that there is a a and of course remember when that it's happening at the totality in the forever now moment. I I can only focus on one thing at once, but I want to remind you of that. So that the also so when it fills the symbol, it's also filling all of our soul processes throughout the forever now moment. It's not just filling the symbol; it's addressing the totality. And so what I'm seeing is that the light the energies that we have sent in is helping to facilitate. It's it's kind of a WD-40 or a, a liquid plumber to allow even more to pour out of this huge uh, symbolic spinning uh, 
chakra kind of thing coming from the stomach area. I'm also calling on divine power to remind those of you who who know and to inform those of you who don't know, divine power has nothing to do with the sense of power that we have of manipulation and control and forcing. Divine power is is an energy that connects us to our purest, most perfect, most potent point of power, which is the pure soul essence. So divine power is really enabling ourselves to empower this release that I am seeing. It's really facilitating it, allowing us to uh, stand in the knowing that we don't have to do this. We don't have to validate ourselves. We don't have to prove ourselves to be good, right, or anything. We don't have to convince anyone else. What our journey is, is to find our own and to stand and own our own value and our own worth just for being who we are in this moment. We are not our bank account. We are not our poor relationships. We are not our illness. We are pure and perfect. And that's all that we need to be, and that's all we are, and that's where our worth lies. Okay, now, the symbol is changing, which I it does often, and I'm seeing it's getting smaller. It's Instead of being this enlarged sort of really uh, caricature of a human figure with all these sort of stump kind of things, it is getting more smaller. It's getting more viable. There's still the big releases going on in the center of the stomach area. It's just pouring out into the light. I hope all of you that are working to bring the energy are beginning to feel the solidify the I don't want to use that same word because it has a negative connotation, but I want you to see to, to be more centered in your own beingness. Now I'm seeing another place open at the top of the the at the top of the like the crown chakra on top of the symbol and there's another big release going on out the head and a lot of this is the the ideas the thoughts the beliefs the self identities the um the stories we tell each other the rationalizations the all of these things that we that help us cope, really, with a lot of the discomfort that we feel. We, if, if we don't feel good about ourselves, we have a tremendous sense of vulnerability. Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. There are times where we have to talk ourselves through things. There are times where we have to convince ourselves of things. There are times where we are that that mind is just so busy working to or figuring out to what to do, how to handle a a situation, and we are that that mind level. All of those thoughts distract us, take us away from being and valuing and just existing and coming from that place of uh, 
purity and perfection, it takes away from all of that. It's part of what's been released from the stomach area. It, they go hand in hand. And so I'm seeing it release. It's not as big a release as I'm seeing in the stomach area, but it is it is very active and I'm picking up <clears throat> I'm picking up a kind of some resistance. Uh, and what's coming up right away is, but wait a minute, there's things that there are rules we have to follow. There's things that we do have to do. There, there's rights and wrongs in life. There's absolutely, you know, and there's resistance here because at the soul level, whether you're thinking it consciously or not, but at the soul level, the, there the, in so many lifetimes where there's been so much rigidity about the life pattern that if we didn't follow those rules, it was very significant negative consequences. So the part of the soul that, that comes from those kind of lifetimes that holds those kind of belief systems and those kind of uh, viewpoints is stepping forward and saying, wait a minute, I can't be releasing all this stuff because there are rules, there are regulations. I'm putting the brakes on it. And what I want to to encourage everyone to do is to understand that it isn't the either or. By releasing the need to please others, to meet others' expectations, to to uh, validate the self and convince others of who you are and that you're right and all of that, to release it doesn't mean that you never, ever have to do it. And that it what it does is it gives you choice and, and it releases the trigger so that you can be more discerning. There'll be times where you do have to validate others and so you validate yourself to others. But there are times where it's not relevant, like it wasn't relevant for me with my son. That wasn't what he was getting at. But until I released the blueprint, which I worked hard on since Sunday, and I will, I'm, I'm sure, even though I never focus on myself in these healings, I'm sure I'm getting help, too, in this radio session. You want to have choice, guys. You don't want to have it automatic pilot because something was triggered that you're carrying within, and automatically all the stress, all the knee-jerk reaction, everything is coming out. So it's not about moving to a place where it's either or, either I convince myself, convince others that I'm valid, or I don't. It's about having choice. When is it appropriate to take that kind of position? The job situation that I mentioned before, earlier is one of those times. If you're working for someone and you are put on a project and you have duties and, and things you need to address related to the project, you are going to have an overseer of some sort most often or even a colleague that is also working on the project come in to see where you are on your part and to share where he or her is on their part. There are times where you can and do need to validate what you've been doing. However, by releasing this, it, it allows you to be more discerning and it also takes a lot of the stress out because what we are neutralizing is the old experiences that could have been life and death. Talk about stress off the charts. We're releasing and neutralizing that stuff. So that's why I encourage all of you to 
whether you're conscious or not of the resistance, let's work on neutralizing the resistance. Now, as I'm talking, I'm watching a huge amount of energy. It's not just the vision I have of the conglomerate us on the hub. There is energy working throughout this totality of this time-space continuum. This forever now moment is being cleansed. There's like those scrubbing bubbles I've used as an analogy in the past, scrubbing away a lot of the the old uh, encrustments and the old uh, solidified aspects of the belief systems. And they're chipping away and um, falling into the light. The, there's also energy working to recreate this symbol, and it's doing a great job because the symbol is changing in front of my symbolic eyes. It is becoming more alive, less solid and stoic, or stoic isn't quite the right word, but it was just sort of planted there. It felt planted there, like it couldn't move. It was stuck in the pattern. And now I'm feeling vitality in the symbol. Um, remember, this represents everybody on the rim. Um, there's more vitality here. There's more, uh, there's joy. There's more energy. I feel like there's going to be some, uh, one of the results of this healing for, for people is going to be a sense of having more energy because this is a heavy weight we were carrying around. The symbol that I saw on the, on the hub, if it wanted to take a step forward, it would be like, oh, you know, one leg in front of the other because it was really heavy, really stuck, really almost embedded in this pattern that, and it creates a weight that we all can feel, literally. So I feel like some, after the healing, will actually feel lighter, feel more vitality, uh, more um, energetic. That's what I'm seeing. So the energy is moving to create this beautiful emergence of this symbol is changing and shifting as we go. Okay. I want to just keep tuning in. And in fact, the higher selves are bringing my attention to the fact that this whole idea does... Uh, this whole pattern is present in all aspects of our lives. Yes, including the spiritual, including having to feel that we need to validate or prove ourselves to the divine uh, energy field, whatever you may call it. The But there's more than that. There's also this pattern is prolific in relationships. And you know we all present often um a facade or we project uh, who we are based on maybe what we think the other person wants from us. We might pretend we like things when we don't really, or we might uh, be seething underneath, and but we show a calm face because we don't really want them to see, you know, how upset we can get. I mean, who knows? But you know what I'm talking about. I think as we move forward in life, we project, we do this less and less, but you have to understand that until we go in and clear it out and neutralize that, that pattern is still held within. The need to project a front, the need to be something else than who we are 
for other people for in our relationships, whether it's significant other or not. Um, and we all took on roles in growing up in our family. There, there were those of us who who played out the role of being the the successful one, the one that follows in the father's footsteps and becomes the the son, perhaps, who uh, moves into the same line of work. We might be the one who uh, is the the one that is the rebel who moves out and becomes something else just because we don't want to become, even if it's an unconscious thing, we don't want to be who and what we were expected to be, so we move out somewhere else. Or there's the one that, uh, I mean, what the parents wanted us to be, there's the one who is the loser often or the scapegoat in the family or the one that's the competent one that takes care of everybody because everybody else is pretty dysfunctional. And so there's sometimes we come out of a family as a caregiver of sorts. So we all have elements that we have grown up with that we have experienced in many relationships that where this pattern permeates in its own way, where we are completely moving out of or moving away from or not connect, or we're disconnected from who we truly are. And so that's in the these other aspects that that somehow, and a lot of this seems to be coming from um, I want to, okay, maybe I'm not going to bring that up here. Um, it comes from a lot at, a lot at the unconscious level. It's part of the self-identities that we've brought into this life for the most part. If we bring in and we're the scapegoat of the family, for example, most likely it's a role we have played out in many prior lifetimes. And so a lot of it just comes in at that so self-identities, the identity of being a loser or the identity of being a caregiver or the identity of being the, the competent one or the one that uh, solved the problem or the one that follows in the father's footsteps. Uh, that kind of, those kind of roles we've done in many lives and we tend often and we tend to do them without really putting a lot of conscious attention around it. But again, we are playing out of some expectation or some need or something that's external to us. And we have disconnected our, ourselves from who we truly are. And so I want to really work on this disconnection thing. I want to work on it related to the... Um, the whole relationship issue, and I want, and I'm seeing this now coming a lot from the heart. Also, I see it coming uh, from the throat, and there's a lot of lack of expression here, where we dim ourselves, we hold ourselves down, we're playing out roles, so who we truly are gets stuffed down in some way, and not by others. We do it to ourselves because it's expected to, of us often, or we have to, or, you know, because in other lives, maybe if we expressed or maybe if we were who we were, we're who we are and we were overt about it, we could have been killed, even in this life. Um, truly, there are many millions of examples of just by being who they are, people have been killed off. So it is important to know and understand that from whatever the source that we all have done that and we've all squished who we truly are down. We've put it in a box. We've par uh, partitioned it off. We've absolutely put it somewhere else. 
And so what I want you all to begin to do is to begin to let go of those walls of that partition and and the the need to not speak out, the need to repress who you are. And in a lot of cases, we've done it for so long, we're not sure who we are. And so what is also coming up is this real sense of, but if I'm not that, whatever that was in your particular life, who am I? So there's confusion, there's fear, there's insecurity, there's a sense of, I know how to handle my my old role, how will I know how to handle who I'm going to become when I don't even know who I'm going to become? So there's a lot of this fear of fear of the future, fear of the unknown, really intense fear of the unknown, and a sense of great vulnerability because there's there's inexperience because there have been so many lives where we weren't playing out of the our authentic selves, the the connected self the, you know, having our firm foundation in who we are first. And as a matter of fact, we probably had very few lives like that compared to all the more difficult ones. And so this is a new beginning of sorts. And the energy that the of the womb, that creative life force energy has, is coming in and it's helping all of us with this new beginning, with this new expression with this new um, connection to the self and bringing in the joy of it, the, the fulfillment of it, the, um, the knowing of it. And I'm watching, it's kind of interesting, but I'm watching the symbol now. It's as if it's playing out a lot of different people on the rim. I see one person beginning playing tennis. Now, who knew? But at some level, that that person sitting on the rim really wants to either loves the game and just doesn't do it because for whatever reason. I don't know, but I see the playing tennis. I see someone acting. I see someone... Um, I see someone enjoying the snow uh, it's really sort of weird but there is a, uh, a, a some sort of uh, feeling of connection with nature in the snow in the winter and the love of it and the joy of it and so I see that now these are all small things and they're just snippets of what we repress um Okay, I'm seeing others. Okay, this isn't necessarily as positive, but is equally important. The I see others who are in a state of despair and have not shared it with people. They've been hiding it. And so what's happening is I'm seeing these people and I'm seeing a number of different issues, images uh, crying for help for the first time asking for help, expressing their pain, their suffering, their sorrow. Others may have had a sense of it, but when there was nothing coming from the person itself, they didn't understand the gravity of it. They didn't understand the depth of it. And so there are people like that also on the rim that are not only asking, not only expressing, but are absolutely getting a good response. So it may seem like a negative thing, and, and but in reality, it's an incredibly positive thing. Um, 
there's also a sense of new determination. I see people exercising. <laughs> I'm sorry it's so weird, guys, but it, this is just what's coming up for me. I see someone um, running in place, uh, getting ready to start on a marathon or something, or just getting up the blood and um, ready to work out in whatever way, shape, or form. And, of course, remember these are all symbols, but it's as if there's a determination now to address things that have been ignored in life, like getting in good health, getting in shape, um, you know, honoring those those resolutions that we often make at New Year's, and 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 finding the determination, and the space and the energy to really address them, rather than yet one more year repeating the same re resolution over and over again. Which haven't we all done that? Because we don't ever make it. We don't. Our, our patterns keep us so stuck. So much of the time, it's really hard. But I see that exercising one to to represent symbolic of many of us whatever a resolution is i see someone taking piano lessons they've already always wanted to take that kind of thing that there is uh not saying oh i'm too old for example i'm too old to start piano now or you know i really shouldn't be going off half half cocked on you know doing this that or the other my place is to be the 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 mother, the grandmother, the the daughter, the the whatever, the wife, the this kind of thing. I'm feeling like there's a freedom coming to everyone on this rim, a freedom to express in a way that they haven't that that we haven't, and it's just going to continue to grow. And every time you listen to this healing, it'll get to deeper and deeper layers. Don't forget that if you are going to and if if you are an archive listener or you're going to listen again and again you can pause it at any point and just start to release other things start to heal anything else you you're your own directing identity you can use the the the, the radio show to bring you into a state of amalgamation if, if you need to that's fine and then you can do healings on a completely different subject or you can heal stuff and then maybe I didn't say everything that comes up in your mind, pause it and just go for five minutes or one minute or 30 minutes on what you want to do. It, be an active participant in this way. You can be in your own healing. And so I encourage you all to do that. But this this has been a very exciting healing to me. I'm feeling that sense of freedom very powerfully here. I'm just going to check around this this e enormous circle. Um, I know I don't have that many listeners, but I think a lot of the people on here must be future, and it does help to have the past on here, but it's enormous. Maybe some of you have called in friends and family to join in the healing. I don't know. But in any case, I'm just checking around the circle. Nothing is standing out to me. I'm also checking on the... Um, we only did briefly the, re the relationship thing but I feel that we've done enough today I feel there's been enough shift it's been very powerful for everyone um, and what's continuing to happen is I'm just getting these vignettes or snippets of the, the image showing me the multitude of shifts and changes where people are going to go 
Um, I see someone singing. I, I see someone gardening. <laughs> I see somebody traveling. Wow, that's fun. I see somebody on a cruise line um, leaving the dock, waving to those on the dock. And it feels like they're taking a trip, uh, a desire of a lifetime, going on a trip that they've wanted for, you know, a long time. Um, I'm seeing a lot of these kind of vignettes. They're coming up and they just keep playing out. I'm not even able to catch them. You know, they're going so fast because there are so many people. But it's very exciting. I've never seen an image or a, a symbol do this kind of thing before. And it is very excited, exciting and it means to me that there has been a multitude of uh, significant steps forward for the people on the on the on the rim. Okay, the higher selves are now they're bathing the totality of everybody here in a kind of cocoon-like energy, as I've spoken about in the past. But it's a little different. Um, I think this happened last week. I'm not sure, but it's as if the t all of us are in this together. Instead of single cocoons, it's as if we're all being surrounded in an energy field that feels very serene and will help us all acclimate with the healing and with the, the movement forward and the changes and the shifts that will be coming. It also will help any continued processing that needs to be done. Uh, or will be done for all of us. And and this is interesting too, then the forever now moment is closing, but it doesn't close to bring us back to the now moments. It's closing and bringing us all within one now moment. Instead of each individual moment, we're all now in one now moment. And it's a very beautiful thing. There is a sense of connection here um, for all of us. And... I don't know exactly what it means, but this is now the second week that I'm getting this kind of thing, and I know each week it will continue. I'll get another element or another layer of it. At least that seems to be the way it works for me these days. Um, but with that, we are going to end the healing, and I do realize the higher self did not bring me to the issue with the trying to validate ourselves to the divine energies. They didn't really go into that issue. They mentioned it, and then they brought me right to the relationship arena. So maybe uh, it still will become another topic in another show. Uh, so well, it remains to be seen. I'll have to process all of this myself. But it's exciting, guys. We're in this together in some way. We're creating something here on the show. And it's it's really, really, it's really great. <laughs> it's really great. I've always felt this connection to the show. In a way, it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. I've always loved it, but it really is expanding in some way. And I just thank everyone that's a part of it past, present, and future, because even those in the future are part of it. That's what's so exciting. Nobody comes in behind. I ourselves have told us that many times. Whenever people come in is exactly the right time, and they've already been brought up to speed. Uh, they already are where 
we are already. They may not have everything in consciousness, but they get up to speed just like this consciously. And it's like they only need to be reminded from time to time because they already know. So it isn't about timing at all. We're, We're all in the right time, whether we've been going at it for a long time or we've just started or we start down, you know, a month or two years from now. Everybody, we're all in this together and it's the timing that's right for us, but because of the divine energies and the time-space continuum, it makes no difference. Timing doesn't make any difference because it's all part of the, at that higher frequency level, it's all happening at the same time. So, guys, okay. Now, again, if you do want a healing, email me at Janet at JanetRichmond.com. I will respond for sure and let you know when uh, I can fit the the healing in. If you have questions, comments, uh, even negative comments, even frustrations or anything, I, I, I you know, I'm kind of a big girl. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing this if I hadn't had um, people be confused or upset. It happens. And so don't feel shy if you have to express something like that. Just know that I'm really there for all of you, and I know all of you are there for me. We're in it together. And I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and end the show now, even though it's still, I still have another 40 minutes or so, simply because I'm, when I do these healings, it, it does become quite intense, as I'm sure you can relate to. And I think starting another topic, I wouldn't have, um, I, I mean, I haven't planned another topic because I didn't know how long this would take. But in any case, I think it's just best. We'll call it a day right now. And just please, if you can, tune in again. You're part of the process now, everyone. And, of course, there's no pressure. Even if you listen once and never again, you're part of the process. So there really is never any pressure. I just... I'm just always excited to connect with with people and and have them connect with me in whatever way. So, okay. I guess it's till next week, guys. And next week we are going to be working on vision. And I will, when I send out my notice, I will expand on it a little bit so you'll know a little more about what it is. Okay? All right, guys. Have a great week, and I'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.